This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with composer Oliver Leith, pianist C1 Rees, and percussionist George Barton. We chatted about Oliver's piece, Good Day, Good Day, Bad Day, Bad Day, which he wrote for C1 and George in 2018. I was at the first performance of this piece at St. John Smith Square in London, and it made a really big impression on me. The piece was released on the Another Tambra label in 2020. The piece is 45 minutes long and in eight parts, and at the end of this podcast, you'll hear the entirety of the fourth part. In our chat, we discussed the setup for the piece in relationship to the flat that George and C1 were living in at the time, how they recorded it, the significance of this fourth part, and how the piece reflects notions of obsession and anxiety. Thank you. 
That was、uh, part three of a work of mine called "Good Day, Good Day, Bad Day, Bad Day," which was a result of a long collaboration with Siwan and George.、Uh, it's an eight-movement, giant piano percussion.、Uh, look at sort of OCD ritual stuff, and it has samplers, keyboard, piano, and basically too many percussion parts to name. So the percussion instruments are set up on stage in such a way that I start.、Um, they 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 make a kind of an arc around.、Um, so I'm at the back of the stage at the start, and then as the piece goes on, I sort of move away from Siwan, who's playing piano、um, stage left, which is sort of the opposite from what is usual,、um, and move away from the piano, and then move back towards her. So at the end of the piece, I'm. I'm very close to her. The keyboard setup is、um, different to what you might normally see in the concert hall. Normally,、um, the when you open a grand piano, you know the the lid is pointing out towards the audience so that the sound is going that way. But actually, we've perf- we've performed it previously the opposite way around, with the lid closed because actually the the piano sound we use for this piece is quite intimate. It doesn't need to be a big loud sound. And I also have a sampler keyboard. Um, which has lots of different sounds that Ollie chose. The stage plan、um, was conceived by Ollie、um, to to mirror a kind of domestic environment. It's a little bit like the flat that we used to live in in Hackney, where we would rehearse in Siwan's piano room, which was also the kind of living room and bedroom. So、um, there were just instruments everywhere. Around the time I was thinking about the piece. I, I had a girlfriend, my, my still my girlfriend, who suffered with.、Uh, she doesn't mind me saying this, by the way. I've been given permission forever to speak about this.、Um, sort of quite an aggressive OCD. It, it sort of yeah, it invades a lot of her life and and things around her. And I was I was quite interested in not like fetishizing it or sort of framing it in any sort of strange way, but it was. I just started to think about all the like strange things that everyone does. Like make themselves feel like normal, and like including you know even things like you know musicians who wear l- lucky socks and all these sort of ridiculous things,、um, and you know there's an orchestral sample in this、um, somewhere through, and it, for, that was like a sort of personal thing. Like I always find I'm in awe of musicians actually being able to perform and stand up there because I I remember having these awful feelings before whenever I used to play an instrument、um, and just wanting to. Throw up basically, and I remember thinking and doing all these rituals to try and stop that from happening. The fourth movement is begins with the kind of almost like a palate cleanser thing of the the orchestra tuning up, as if everything that has happened before was sort of preamble to this is like the beginning of the piece.、Um, and in the in the score, there's an instruction for for a kind of mood, which is、um, apprehension, maybe feeling slightly、um, slightly unwell, as if suffering from extreme performance anxiety, and that's where we start、uh, start the movement. Yeah, part four. Yeah, I mean, it starts off with a marking, which is totally strange now I look at it, but I only because I've forgotten exactly what it says. Nervous, nervous, feeling sick. This is the big bloody show. Which is strange marking, but it sort of makes sense. It's、uh, this is like the virtuosic bit. This is the, this is the almost impossible, impossible part of the piece. 
um, which, of course, weirdly with Joanna George isn't really a thing. This idea of having a, tu- a tuning up sample, this sort of sort of beautiful sound, which is also, I mean, it has quite like ominous connotations for me. And I'm sure for some people with various anxieties about that also have that. And I think it's quite, it's a brooding thing. It has a harshness to it. And in a way, it pulls together a lot of the strange techniques that are like used in the rest of the thing in, in like a more uh, more rapid way. Siwan is playing two instruments at the same time. She's playing the same line on this on the tune, on the tuning up sample. So it moves around. So the sort of, that big A moves around. Um alongside the piano so it's quite it's quite a heavy strange sound alongside all these like incredibly difficult things to achieve uh, that George is doing like playing very specific pitched bits of flexitone which is you know sort of frighteningly difficult playing small bundles of glock keys playing tiny fragments of melodies on swanny whistles um and then doing this other incredibly difficult uh, technique for the crow tiles, which George invented, so it's his fault. So I'm not taking the blame for that. Um, which is this sort of like distorted smash. It's the harshest bit of the the, the piece, and it's like it's a it's a complicated feeling to me. That's what it is. The, the 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 piece is a complicated thing. It's sort of like joyous, flamboyant, brooding, and m- making you want to throw up, but also this sort of end is I find it sort of sweet it's strange it's like an everything movement that's that's what number four is I think I mean maybe that's a nice nice reason to play it as well yeah four feels uh, like the climax you know of um, nerves of anxiety of uh, concentration of focus for the performers and yeah, sort of where they've been working towards from the first few movements for preparation and get, getting psyched up. And then, yeah, like like it says in the um, in the performance note at the beginning of that movement, this is a big bloody show, that kind of mo- that feeling. And then by the time you've got to the end of the that movement um, or to the end of that part, um, you've sort of started to settle into the groove of the performance or you're past that horrible bit. And you're getting into the flow. Um, and then from there, yeah, things get easier. I think that's how I feel about it. When we recorded it, we recorded everything separately, I think, or almost everything. Maybe we did a couple of, like, two instruments. Yeah, put mo- microphones everywhere in the room and um, and getting close and so on. But in performance, it's quite a challenge to get from one instrument to the other. Um, we had, I think I was wearing a, like, a harmonica... Uh, I don't even know what they're called. Uh, the thing you put around your neck, you know, if you're Bob Dylan or Neil Young or whatever, um, to play harmonica and play guitar at the same time and kind of fixed the um, swanee whistle into that. So it was always, always on hand, as it were. And the musical saw was on, you know, normally you put it between your legs, but you have to pedal the timps to change the pitches. We recorded at Real World Studios. We chose that because we wanted to make a sort of almost like a pop album or like a a very studio-based album rather than like a sort of, you know, concert hall sounding thing. We had the brilliant Mark Noop recording everything um, in uh, in the studio and then sort of sending us things, which I think was... I don't think I'd ever had to listen to any of my own music that much ever, ever. 
I think we all driven slightly insane. And Mark is a sort of wizard, all that stuff. I mean, he even turned up to the studio with his own DAW that I think he'd... <laughs> that he just built. Like, it was like something from The Matrix or something. It was absolutely hilarious. The the poor uh, studio engineer um, assistant you know, had <laughs> literally no idea what was going on for, for, for like in that programme, but was luckily skilled up on the mics, etc. But, yeah. You know, a lot of traditional, I say traditional, you know, 20th century works for piano and percussion are sort of uh, often quite virtuosic and sort of look how loud and fast we can play. Um, and whereas this piece is softer and feels personal, but I, I mean, obviously it's personal because, you know, we we commissioned it and we we worked on it together with Oliver, but I mean p- personal in that it feels like it speaks more directly to the listener rather than just showing uh, or demonstrating um, ability or, or something. And I think that show that you often get in, in kind of old school piano and percussion stuff is is sort of rejected in this piece. It's more like, um, it's more honest, it's more... Um, uh, vulnerable, it's softer, and it's a piece I think where both George and I feel like we can be ourselves on stage, and that's not a weakness. That's it's sort of part of the piece. I think uh, for for me, just because of where or what music used to mean to me, I think I went through a time at college where I thought it might have been a different thing, where it's some sort of exercise. I think. Uh, notes and what I, what I write and what I want people to experience is um, some sort of honesty because actually this, this is actually the way I communicate best I think um, it doesn't mean I'm like completely dreary, I can go to the pub and shout at people and do that thing but this is my honest side I think this is, um, I'm happy to engage with things that are difficult to talk about but with music We'll now listen to Siwan Rees and George Barton's performance of the fourth part of Oliver Leith's Good Day, Good Day, Bad Day, Bad Day. 